it's, it's called the power to endure. It's, it's power to endure. See, you're going to need power to endure. You're going to need that power when we find ourselves in situations where we want to give up, we want to stop, but it's going to take the power to endure. You're going to need that power that God gives us to be able to, to, to endure. Because guess what? You cannot do it in your own strength. Amen. You cannot do it in your own strength. You need the strength, of the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit that's more stronger than you to be able to endure. Because a lot of us want to give up. Amen. You ever been in a situation where you want to give up? Yes, sir. Come on now. Come on now. Let's, yes, let's, let's be real. There's times that I wanted to give up. There's times that I didn't want to preach. There's times that I didn't want to be a father. There's times that I didn't want to be a husband. But I had to endure. I couldn't give up. I couldn't quit. And a lot of times I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit. But I'm going to share with you the power to endure and how we are supposed to endure. And I'm going to come from Hebrew, Hebrews, the New King, New King James Version, and that's from chapter 12 to 1 through 9. I, I pray that I reach to 1 through 9, but the verses I want to deal with that's, that, that's so intriguing is verse 1 and 2. And it starts off by saying, it says, and, uh, the writer of Hebrews, he says, starts off saying, he said, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us so easily entraps us and let us run with endurance endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God let me go to verse 3 since I'm there for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. So tonight I want to talk about how to endure. Tell the person next to you, you need power to endure. Tell the person next, on the other side of it, you need power to endure. You need power. You're going to have to learn tonight that you will need power to endure. And so that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to teach about, that you're going to have to have power to endure. Because anytime you try to accomplish anything in life, guess what? And if it doesn't happen instantly, well, then it's a journey. It takes time. And how many know that life is a journey? Life is a journey. Although we want things to happen quickly and in a split second, but that's not how life is. Life is a journey. And so in order to walk this Christian life, in order to walk as a Christian, then guess what? you're going to have to have some endurance. You're going to have to have some patience. Amen? You know, we all want things to happen quickly, but it's not. Life is a journey. And so anytime accomplishing difficult, difficult things, it takes time. It takes time. It's not going to happen instantly, although we like for things to happen instantly, but it has, it's going to take time. You know, people desire to walk in holiness. Holiness is not an instantaneous act. It's a process. It takes time. It's a journey. It's going to be some time that you want to give up. It's some time that, guess what, you know you've got to go right, but you, you're trying to go left. It's a journey. But you've got to have some endurance. We just finished the Thanksgiving holidays. 
And I know a lot of us broke that endurance. We, in other words, we was like, we shouldn't eat this. But none of us had the endurance. And some of you may have, and you ate certain things. But the thing I want to show, share with you is that you have to have endurance is a lot of people, maybe not in here, may want to lose some weight. Might want to lose 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40, 50 pounds. But guess what? It's not going to happen in one day. It's not going to happen in one day. There's a, that's a journey that calls a lifestyle change. You have to make some adjustments in your life. You have to make some changes in what you consume in your body. It's not going to happen overnight. And so, again, it's just a journey. You have to be able to endure. You have to exercise. You have to eat differently. But that's not how our culture is today. Our culture wants everything to happen in a split second. They want it now. Don't none of us, none of them want to endure, but you've got to be able to do, do be able to endure. Because nothing is going to happen in a split, split second. People ain't got time to endure. They want things to happen right now. But again, that's not how life happens. That's not how life works. We don't understand that during the course of life is filled with some ups and downs. During the course of life, you're going to be, it's going to be filled with some ups and downs. Some days it's going to be sunshiny and some days it's going to rain. But guess what? You can't give up. That's just the course of life. You got to live when it's raining. You got to live when the sun is shining. But you don't have to be able to endure. There are going to be some bad days. There are going to be some good days. There are going to be ups and, some ups and downs. But we think every day is supposed to be a sunny day. And that's far from the truth. Every day is not going to be peaches and cream. There's going to be some situation that you're going to find yourself, and it causes for you to be endured, to be able to endure, not to give up. And that's what the book of Hebrews is talking about. It's telling you not to give up. Go forward. Move forward in the things of God. Trust God when things don't look like they make any sense. When things look like that, guess what? God may not show up, but you have to move forward in the things of God. You can't not look back. You cannot quit. The scripture says that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Those people that the writer is talking about in Hebrew, he's, he's cheering you on. They're cheering you on. That guess what? You can make it. You can do it. Because they have did it. Those that went on to glory, Nora, Moses, Abraham, that's part of the cloud of witnesses. Amen? Amen? And so I wish I can tell you, but it's coming up to 23 years that me and my wife have been married. And I wish I could tell you there was peaches and cream. I wish I could tell you every day was marvelous like you see in the, in the movies, the love story. But that would be far from the truth. If I can be truthful and honest with you, there are some days that, guess what, I didn't want to be married to her anymore. And I know there are some days that she didn't want to be married to me anymore. But I thank God that we didn't feel the same way on the same day. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful because marriage is a journey. A lot of people going to the altar and don't understand what this thing about. They've looked at television. They heard some other things. They have conjured up in their mind what it's supposed to be. But marriage is a journey. It's a give and take. You have to say sorry when you know you're right. It's a journey. It's a journey. But guess what? You have the victory. You have the victory. And I thank God that we didn't feel, like I say, we didn't feel the same way on the same day. The lesson is there's going, to be some, there's going to be some time that you want to quit, but you've got to learn how to take a licking and keep on ticking. You've got to learn how to take a licking and keep on ticking. 
There's going to be times where the enemy is going to try to flood your mind, to give up, to stop. To stop. It's not worth it. But guess what? You have to trust God even when it doesn't make any sense. Even does, well, guess what? It, 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 it's more than your understanding. It don't make sense. Just like when he told Joshua, Joshua, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to give you the city of Jericho, but I want you to wake up every day, every morning, and march around that wall for, for seven days. And on that seventh day, I want you to sound the alarm, and the wall's going to fall down. Now, God could have just tore the walls down, but guess what? He wants to see if you trust him. Are you going to endure? Are you going to trust him? No doubt, when he told the other people that about marching around, they probably say, Josh, you done lost your mind. You crazy. But guess what? I'm talking about enduring. When it seems like God is not there, when it seems like it's crazy, you got to have the power to endure. See, because again, we live in a culture where people just, if they don't like something, they just quit. You don't like your job, you quit. Your boss getting on your nerve, you quit. You have, a, you, you have something with your coworker, you and your coworker can't get along, you get mad, you go home. You just quit. Your wife acting the jack, you just quit. Your husband acting a fool, you just quit. Don't nobody want to endure. They just quit. You get mad with one of your church members, you quit. You go join another church. Nobody wants to endure, but you have to have the power to endure. Come on. Amen. We so easy to quit. Amen. But I'm talking about endure. You got to live when, like I said, you got to live when it's raining. You got to live when the sun is shining. And most of the time, look in our lives look like it's always raining. But you still have to endure. You still have to trust God. You still have to hold on to the promise of God because God's promise is it's not a lie. What he said shall come to pass. That's why he can tell you to do what you think are some crazy things. It's God's word. It's going to happen. That's why he told him to march around that city, that wall for seven times. It was going to happen. But are you going to trust God when God tell you to do the foolish things? Amen. So the, there's going to be times that the sun is going to be shining, but you got to keep moving. No matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what the circumstances look like, you got to stay in the ball game. You got to keep moving. You can't let a little toothache, a little something minor stop you because there's a promise on the other side of enduring. And that's why you're going to need a message like this tonight. That's why you're going to meet, need a message like this because you're going to find yourself in situations where, guess what, you want to give up, but you can't give up. You're going to, you, you, you want to quit. You want to just get in the boat and give up. You want to just guess what, wrap yourself up in a big old ball and die, but you can't quit. You got to endure. You got to press forward. And this is what the book of Hebrews is talking about. It's cheering you on. But the, in chapter 12, this is the, the writer of Hebrews is writing, he is writing to some Jews. Because guess what? They had converted to Christianity. And they have experienced some troubling waters. And they want to quit. They want to give up. When you face some troubling waters, when you face a situation, do you want to give up? A lot of times we want to give up. But you have to understand, you have to endure. You have to trust God, even when it doesn't make any sense. So now they want to quit. And that's what the book of Hebrews is telling. We're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. It's cheering you on. Abraham, Isaac, all of them, don't give up. Endure. There's, guess what? There's joy on the other side of me enduring. There's, there's a promise on the other side. 
You can't give up. Even when you're sick in your body, you got, you're carrying a load, you got tears in your eye, guess what? You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving with tears in your eye. You got to keep pressing on. You got to keep going forward. You can't give up. You can't go back. How many know if you quit and go back, you go back to slavery. You go back to bondage. I think about the children of Israel. God had promised them the, the promised land flowing with milk and honey. And he had gotten them away from bondage. But because God didn't move like they thought he should or did certain things like they thought, they wanted to go back. Even though he had food falling from the sky, water coming out of rock. They clothed, they, here they are in the wilderness. Their clothes did not deteriorate. Their shoes did not deteriorate. But they had their eyes on their present situation instead of having their eyes on the promises of God. He said, I'm going to show you a land that's filled with milk and honey. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me when people talk about you? Are you going to trust me because people are going to come against you? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me? Don't quit. Yes, you're going to ask God for some stuff that he's not going to give you. But are you going to trust? Are you going to give up? Come on now. So the Jews, they wanted to revert back. They wanted to go. They wanted Christianity and go back to Judaism because they had faced some troubling waters. And if we be truthful with ourselves, God has brought us out of some, some tough situations. And how many know he's that same God? Yes, you wanted to give up. But guess what? You encourage yourself. Other people encourage you. It's important that you have to know that guess what? You have to have the power to endure. You have to trust God. So this message that I got to tonight for you is the power to endure. I don't know what you're going to face in 2023. I don't know what you're going to face tomorrow. I could prophesy to you and tell you that everything is going to be all right. But that's far from the truth. But whatever you're facing, you have to have the power to endure. You have to trust God. You have to stay in the game. Hallelujah. Some of us are on a journey right now. God is taking us through a journey right now. And we want the journey to stop. We want the pressure to stop right now. But that's not how it works. He wants to see, do you trust him? Do you trust him along this journey? Because it didn't happen instantly. Because, you know, times we can conjure up in our mind how we think God should bless us, how God should do a certain thing. Who are we to tell God what to do? You have to trust it. So I want to start off with chapter 12 and verse 1 because it starts out with the word therefore. And anytime you see the word therefore, you should ask yourself, what is it therefore? That word therefore is showing comparing. It's highlighting certain things. As a matter of fact, what is highlighted is back in chapter 11. See, the whole book is about the people that trusted God. When many of them didn't see the manifestation of what God had promised them, but they still trusted God. They still moved forward in the things of God. The whole time the people are talking, they're talking about the people of faith, even when they didn't see what they were praying for. Come on. But they still trusted God. Look at Noah. 
God told Noah, I want you to build a boat in the middle of a place that never rained before. And Noah trusted him. Don't you? And guess what? In order to build that boat, it took more than a month. It took several days. Can you imagine the people that ridiculed Noah? Noah? Oh, he drunk. What are you talking about building a boat? There ain't no rain. It's never rained here. But he still, with all the criticism that he came against, he still endured. He trusted the promise of God. And then he was able to save his family and everything that was dear to him because it did rain. Not only did it rain, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Are you going to trust God? He could have easily gave, given up. Lord, I'm building this boat, but ain't no rain. It never rained here. Don't question God. Are you going to trust God? Amen? Are you going to trust God? We look at Abraham. Abraham was told to leave the comforts of his home. Abraham was rich. He had it going on. But God told him, I want you to leave. And Abraham asked him, well, where am I going to go? He said, I'm going to show you a place. But he still moved forward in the things of God. He trusted God. When he didn't see the promise, he still moved forward in the, God, in, in the things of God. And then later on, he, he told his wife, Abraham's wife, which Abraham and his wife, that you're going to bear a child at 75 years old. Ooh, that's rough. But only a God can do that. And they still trusted God. They still moved forward in the things of God. And we remember Moses, right? Let my people go. Moses trusted God. He moved forward in God. God said, I'm going to show you a land that's flowing with milk and honey. But he still moved forward in the things of God because Moses didn't see the promised land. But he still trusted God. When the manifestation didn't come, he still trusted God. He still moved forward in the things of God. And he endured. You know how those people treated him. You know what he went through. But he still moved forward in the things of God even when he didn't see the manifestation of the promised land. That's what I'm talking about. You got to endure. You got to have the power to endure. Now in chapter 12, he's, he's preaching to me. He's preaching to you. He's preaching to all of us. And at times, like I told you, I felt like quitting. Especially lately. A month ago, I had a, a four-day vacation. It wasn't something I wanted. I was in the hospital. And, believe, and, and the thing is, when I accept this call, it's like in 2020 to, to now, and I'm 52 years old, I have never been in a hospital so many times in my lifetime. And it was time that the enemy was trying to talk to me. Well, it, maybe you're not called. I say, devil, you're alive. I'm called because of what I'm going through. You're trying to stop the promises. So I have to endure. Even when I didn't, don't see the promise, even when in my mind I'm like, Lord, what's next? What, are you sure? Because I don't see it. But I got to trust him. I got to endure. And so I want to encourage you. You have to endure. Yes, life is going to throw you some curveball. Yes, you're going to face some trials. But you can't give up. You have to endure. You have to endure. And because of what Jesus said. And I, 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 I pray that when you leave here tonight, you understand what it's about to endure. Because Jesus has the blueprint right here. I just hadn't got to it. He has the blueprint of how you, you endure. It said, therefore, since we have such a greater cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us lay aside every weight and sin. 
every weight and sin. So there's this distinction between a weight and a sin. And let me tell you what the difference is. A weight is not a sin. But a weight is anything that drags you from being that all that God that calls you to be. It may not be a sin, but it's holding you back. And you know deep down in your heart, it's holding you back. Whatever that weight is, it's holding you back. It's keeping you from being all that God called you to be. It's keeping you from being, guess what, in your purpose of God. Because it's a weight. But we want the scripture that said, thou shall not. But it's not in there. And we hold on to that thing because it's not a sin. And deep down inside, we know that it's holding us back. What are the weights that you're holding on to? you got to let it go. In order to run this Christian race, you got to lay the weight aside and the sin. But the weights, what's holding you back? I remember one time, I used to like rap music. Not that new rap, that mumble jumble stuff, but other rap. And so, but here, this, this was the problem. When I go into my prayer closet to pray, all I would hear is that, that, that music. I'm talking about weights. I'm talking about weights. Was as simple as it was, it wasn't a sin, but it was holding me back. It said, lay aside every weight. What is your weight? It may not be rap music. Facebook could be a weight. <laughs> Facebook is a weight for someone. What is what you holding on to? And everybody in here got something that they're holding on to. Everybody got something in here that comes up in their life. Everybody got something in here. When it calls your name, you stop and look at it. What is it? What is the weight you holding on? It says you got to lay it aside. It may not be Facebook. It may not be rap music. But whatever it is, whatever it is you got to lay it aside. Everybody in here has something that when it calls your name, you stop and look. You stop and look. What is it? What is it? It's calling you. It's stopping you from being everything that God has called you to be. It's, it's making your purpose stagnated. But you're holding on to it. Because guess what? We try to be so slick. It's not a sin. But it's holding us back. It's holding us back. But the scriptures say, lay, lay aside every weight and sin. Lay aside everything. But we continue to hold those things, hold on to those things, even though we know it's jacking up our life. We hold on to them. Hallelujah. It said, lay a weight, lay aside every weight and sin. Lay aside everything that easily trips you up. And again, everybody has something in here that when it calls your name, you stop and look. It might say, you Hey, and you stop, and you look. It has your attention, but it's slowing you down. It's holding you back. You're already going to go through some tests and trials, but why would I want to do it carrying some weights? Lay aside the weights. Lay aside everything that tries to stunt your growth. You got to let it go. You got to move it aside. You got to push it and endure Yes, it may be something good to you. Yes, it may make your body feel good, but it's a weight. You got to lay it aside. Whatever it is, that thing that easily trips you up, what is it that trips you up? 
What is it that keeps you from going to the prayer closet more often than you did? What is it that's stopping you from, guess what? God has called you to the ministry, but you ain't got time. You got other things going on. It's a weight. It's a weight. Hallelujah. What is it that easily trips you up, that calls your name? And so it says, let us, let us run the race. And here's this word endurance. We have to run with endurance. And endurance means to stick with God, keep going, don't give up, don't quit, don't walk away from God, don't stop believing in God, don't stop trusting in God. Endurance, that's the key point. It means to remain, persevere, hold the course, have fortitude, don't be weak. It means keep going on even though you got a load on your back, even though you got tears in your eye, but you got to move forward with tears in your eye, with that load on the back. Don't give up. That's what Hebrews is cheering us on. Don't give up. I did it. Don't give up. Abraham was told to move from the comfort of his home and go to a place he didn't know even know where he was going, but he trusted God. Yes, they may have talked about it, but he moved in the purposes of God. Keep going on. Keep moving. If you have to have tears in your eyes, you got to keep moving. Keep moving. Like I said, I just got out of the hospital. Look like every time I turn, something is going on. And I could have easily quit. Like I say, it's times that guess what? I didn't want to preach. There's times I didn't want to be a father. I didn't want to be a husband. But I had to endure. Because I know there's something on the other side of me enduring. Trusting God, even when I didn't see the problem. Even when things looked shady. But I still had to look, move forward and trust him. Hallelujah. But let us run with endurance. Let us run with fortitude. Let us run with a mindset. You have a race in front of you. I have a race in front of me. I don't want your race. You don't want my race. I don't want, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I don't want your life. You don't want my life. Because God has set a race in front of all of us. And he wants to run the race that he has set in front of you. Don't try to run my race, and I ain't going to try to run your race. I don't know what's going on in your life, but again, God has put a race in front of all of us. So the question is, how do I run this race? How do I endure these tough times? How do I endure when it looks like all the time I'm losing? Every time it looks like when I'm going up, I'm going down. How do I encourage myself? How do I endure when life seems so horrible and I just want to give up? How do you endure? That's the question here. And I'm going to tell you, how do you endure? The scripture says, you want to figure out how to have power to endure? He says, number one, and this is verse, verse two, consider Christ. That's number one. That's how you endure. Consider Christ. You might say, consider Christ. Consider Christ. It said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Number two said, and it said, what he did, he endured the cross and despised the shame. He endured the cross. He said that Jesus was able to endure the cross. He was able to handle his Friday because he knew Sunday was coming. Hey, now. 
If you want to know how to handle a crucifixion, I don't care how hard it look, because guess what? A resurrection is on its way. That's how you handle a crucifixion. A resurrection is on its way. Your marriage might be jacked up, jacked up, but wait a while. A resurrection is on its way. Your children might be giving you hell, but wait a while. A resurrection is on its way. It may seem like a crucifixion, but a resurrection is on the other side. The resurrection on the side. I don't care what it seems like. That's how Jesus was able to handle his Friday because he knew Sunday was coming. They crucified him. But he knew a resurrection was coming. He knew a resurrection was coming. Hallelujah. See, he was crucified. And the crucifixion is one of the most cruel and vindictive death that a person could experience in Jesus' day. It was a punishment received for the most wicked criminals, but yet they treated him like a wicked criminal. He was arrested at night, kept up all night. He had, they, they whipped him. They treated him like a crook. They, set, they spit on him. They slapped him. They beat him. They ridiculed him. They, had, they plucked the hairs from his beard. I have a beard. That, oh, my God. That's what they did to our Lord and Savior. He was beaten with a whip that had metal fragments and bones tied on And the force of the whip, when it hit him, took his whole skin off. And not only that, when they beat him, the force of the whip that he endured whipped his flesh from his back and eventually cut into the muscles, the vessels of his muscles. He carried, then he carried the cross which he was going to be crucified on to the place of crucifixion. They totally humiliated. They treated him like a criminal. They nailed his hands to the cross. They nailed his feet to the cross. They pierced him to the side. He was completely naked. Just like I said, he's not like what you see on the picture where his private parts was draped. He was completely naked. They tried to humiliate our Lord and Savior. They tried to humiliate him. Hallelujah. They humiliated. They humiliated our Lord and Savior. That's what they did. And he was innocent. But he endured. He endured. That's what I'm trying to get to you, to convey to you. You have to endure and you have to look at what Jesus went through, despising the shame, being whipped, having his beard plucked from him, his hairs of his beard. They put a crown of thorns on his head, pressed it down. Then they put a sign upon him, king of the Jews. They humiliated him. And you want to quit because somebody talking about you in the choir. You better get some endurance. You're going to have to get some endurance. You're going to have to get some endurance. You want, to, you, want, you want to get mad because somebody didn't speak to you in the, this morning. <laughs> consider Christ. You have to consider what he went through. Consider what he went through that you and I could live. That's why he went through it, so we could live. And he gladly did it. Despising the shame. Despising the ridicule. Open nakedly. Body bruised. But he knew there was a resurrection on the other side. Hallelujah. He knew there was a rest on the other side. Hallelujah. 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 Before you walk away from anything, consider what Christ went through. Consider what Christ went through so you and I could live. You got to get you some endurance. 
He endured the cross. He endured the cross. He didn't give up because he knew there was joy on the other side. And so whatever you're going through, I don't care how hard it is, you have to know, guess what? There's joy on the other side. That's how he was able to go. Guess what? He didn't look at his present circumstances like a lot of us do. He looked at, guess what? As I go, there's joy on the other side. There's joy on the other side of what I'm going through. And so that's what you need to take. Whatever you're going through, know that there's joy on the other side. There's happiness on the other side. There's an answer on the other side. There's a solution on the other side. Whatever you're going through, consider Christ and what he went through for us. And he gladly did it. You have to have the power to endure. The question is, how did he did that? How did he take all that? Because I believe none of us could have done it. None of us could have taken it. None of us could have went through that. Heck, we get mad when somebody take our parking place off. <laughs> Come on. But he endured. He endured. <laughs> Some of us will be saying the church take too long. Child, it don't need all that. It don't take all that. I'm talking about endurance. I'm talking about understanding what Jesus did for us. Hallelujah. You got to get some endurance. It says, consider Christ, this is what he did. Looking unto Jesus, the finish and the author of our faith, for who the joy was, that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Again, he did not put his focus on his present situation. He did not look at what he was going through. He looked at the joy that was set before him. There's joy on the other side of whatever you're going through. Oh, I don't care how hard it is. Get yourself some joy. Know that there's joy on the other side. He said the joy that was set before him. That's how he was able to endure. Jesus is the, is the true model of how to endure. It says consider Christ. What he did and all that he went through. They tried to humiliate him, but he did it for us. Through all the, with all the shame, all the tears. The way they treated our Lord and Savior. But he, he pressed on. He endured because he knew, guess what? Not only there was joy on the other side, and you need to know this. Not only is there joy on the other side, on the other side, guess what? You're going to sit with Jesus. You're going to sit with the Lord. You're going to sit with the Lord. That's the joy on the other side that, guess what? When he went through in the resurrection camp, he was seated on the right hand of the Father. And so whatever you go through, on the other side is joy, but you're going to be seated with, G with God. You're going to be seated with Jesus on the other side. That's what's on the other side. So I don't care how hard it looks. I don't care what you're going through. You have to look what's on the other side. I'm going to be seated with Jesus on the other side. Consider what he went through. The joy that was set before him. And second, remember I said one was consider Jesus. The second thing is and I should have had this first because the last one I just said, we could have shot on out of here. But the one, the second, is, is, is kind of rough. It says, okay, first, consider what Jesus did. But consider chastening. Consider being whipped by God. It said, consider chastening because some of the stuff that you're going through has nothing to do with God. It has everything with the choices that you made. It has nothing to do with God. And God is chastening you. God is whipping you. 
for the decisions you made. He told you to go right, but you wanted to go left. You wanted to do what you wanted to do. And now you find yourself going through hell and you're asking God, why? Or what's going on? And it has nothing to do with God. But it has everything to do with the choices you made. Hallelujah. So he's chastening you. And so I like what verse 3 says, for consider him who endures such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you come, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Consider what Jesus went through and how he was treated, how he was rejected, how they hated on him. Because if you look at what you're going through and not consider what Jesus went through, then you will get discouraged. You will get discouraged in your souls because you're taking your eyes off of God and putting it on your present situation. Consider what Jesus went through. He was treated badly. He was rejected. He was hated on. So when you go through certain situations, remember Jesus. The hostility that the sinners came against him. And so if you remember that, you won't get discouraged in your soul. You won't be willing to give up. Because guess what? We're putting our eyes in focus on what Jesus did. Verse 4. And I'm getting ready to close. Verse 4 says that, guess what? It said, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. You want to quit, but you haven't put a good effort against it. You haven't went through what Jesus did. None of us has been told to go to the cross. None of us had to have our hands. Uh, uh, no. Oh, y'all got me laugh. None of us had our feet pierced in the side, put a thorn, a thorn, uh, a crown of thorns over us. None of us have went through that. Consider what Jesus did. And here it is, you want to give up. But look at what he did. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. Giving up wasn't in his DNA because he trusted the promise of God. He was God himself. And I want to encourage you that you got to trust the promise of God, even if it doesn't make any sense, even if it sounds crazy. Are you going to trust God? Because God's word has never come back void. God will never leave you nor forsake. God will never forget about you. Amen. Trust the process. Endure. Hallelujah. Verse 5, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as, as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Again, some of you are going through what you're going through because of the choices you made. God told you not to marry that, that girl, but she was so fine. And now you're catching hell. You ain't pray to God. You ain't pray to God. Yeah. God didn't tell you to go out and max out that credit card, and now you can't pay the bill. Come on now, y'all ain't gonna like me in here. You done moved in that big old house and you can't pay the bill. You can't pay the note. See God in everything you do. But the choices, and so guess what? He's chastening us because of the choices we made. But guess what? That's a good thing we're going to see here. It says, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son who he receives. Some of you are being chastened by God because, of course, the choices we made because some of the things we didn't pray about. So you're being chastened. 
He's been calling you into ministry. Like I said earlier, a lot of us, he's been calling us to ministry. But we ain't got time. We're doing our own thing. And so he's whipping your butt. He's chastening you. Because how many know you ain't going to beat God? You can't kick against the prick. Just like, who is that? In the belly of the whale. Jonah. Jonah had a first class ticket to Nineveh. But he wanted to do what he wanted to do. So he wound up taking a back seat in the belly of a whale. I know it was horrible in there because of the choices he made. But guess what? He preached. It just took him longer. He wanted to do it his way, and he found out, guess what? I can't do it my way. I have to surrender to what God says. He passed up a first-class ticket to Nineveh. But he had to travel there in the belly of a whale. I can imagine what was in that whale. Ooh, it wasn't a pleasant sight. It wasn't a pleasant ride. It wasn't a pleasant ride. That's why you got to trust God and what he tells you. Come on. Verse 7. Go to verse 7. Yeah, I read that one. Go to uh, verse 7, 12 and 7. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. But what is a son is there whom a father does not chasten? What father does not correct his child? Growing up, my father whipped me. I ain't do it no more, but he whipped me. So it's saying that, guess what? If God doesn't treat you as a son, a son or a daughter, if you out there sinning and, and, and there's nothing happened to you, what it means that you're not his son or daughter? Ain't no grace. Ain't no grace. You say, oh, God's grace. No, you have to check yourself. If he's not whipping you, if he's not chastening you, and you live in any kind of way, it says, guess what? You're not considered his son or daughter. Because God chastened those who he loves. He chastened his sons and his daughters. Hallelujah. But if you are without chastening, which all of them have become partakers, then you are illegitimate. I'm going to say it. You're a bastard. Yeah. You're not his. You're not his. You're not even a stepchild. You, 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 you. He doesn't even recognize. Illegitimate. Get away. Furthermore, verse 9, and I'm almost, I'm almost through. I'm well through. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits that live? Instead of you crying and complaining about being chastened, you need to thank God that he treats you as his child, that he treats you as his son as his daughter. Because a real father, even in the natural, corrects his children. He whips it. He corrects it. Hallelujah. And so we can all stand to our feet right now. Because I'm closing. I'm I'm through. And I pray that you have been blessed. Yeah, I get to sweat. Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah. And so the power to endure, we have to consider Christ. But also we have to lay aside those weights and the sin that easily ensnares us. What is the weight that you're carrying? What is it that's holding you down, that's dragging you from being all that God calls you to be? What is it? Only you know. I know what my weight is. You know what your weight is. And again, everybody has something in here 
that when it calls your name, you stop and look at it. You stop and look at it. And it's a weight. It's a weight. What is it? What is it? And so how we lay those weights aside? You first must know Christ. He'll take the weights. He'll endure it. He already has endured. He went to the cross for us that we can live. He just desires our obedience. So it says, lay aside every weight and sin. Don't forget about the sin. The weight and sin that so easily ensnares. So you first must know Christ. If anyone is in here and they're carrying something that's so heavy and is weighing you down and you don't know what to do with it, and if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to run to this altar. He will take the weight. He will take the pressure off you. He will help you in those times, those hard times. Well, when you don't know how to face tomorrow, when tomorrow seems so horrible and you want to give up, but Christ is right there to carry you along the way. And then again, as in chapter 12, as it said, we encamped around so great a crowd of witnesses. They'll cheer you on. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't throw in the towel. Trust him. I've been there. You got this thing. If you want to be seated next to Jesus, if you want the joy that was set before you, that's on the other side. You have to know Christ. My second appeal is, for whatever reason, maybe the weight was too heavy, and you threw in the towel. You said, this Jesus stuff is not for me. This church stuff is not for me. And you went on and did your own thing. But now you found yourself in a situation where it's so heavy. And God, like I said, God will never leave us. We leave him. We leave the comforts of him. And he's here with open arms to receive you. If that's you that's in a backslidden state, this is your time to get it right with God because he's right here to receive you, to love on you, to care about you. And he will chasten you. <laughs> he will. He will chasten us all. Amen. And the last appeal, and I'm going to let y'all go home, is that, like Apostle said, if you've been visiting here for a bunch of times and you don't have a hurt church home and God has pressed upon your heart to fellowship here, to join here, because like I always say that when you join Elevate, you just don't join. When you join here, the people join with you yeah, yeah, yeah. to encourage you, yeah, yeah, to yeah, pray yeah. with you. If you need a phone call, to encourage you, to love on you, Amen. to show you Christ. That's the most part. How can you go to church and not see Christ? But his Christ is here. His presence reigns. Hallelujah. It's here. We're here to love on you all. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you're still carrying something heavy, and you need prayer tonight, if that's you, the altar is open. The altar is open where you can lay it aside. You can push it far away. You can leave it in this place. It's dead. It's finished. Leave it over there. It's dead to you. It's dead to you. You don't need it anymore. It's holding you back. It's holding you down. It's stopping you from being everything that God has called you to be. 
It's stopping you from leading your family to Christ. It's stopping you from following after Christ because it's a weight. Amen? Hallelujah. And so, I pray that y'all got blessed tonight or you learned something. I pray to God. Like I said, I don't want to give you my word. I want you to give you Christ's word and what God has downloaded in me, what God has given me. Because my word can't help you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, my, my word can't help you. Hallelujah. Yes. We come, sister. Hallelujah. So again, I, as the intercessors pray with our brother and sister, I'm going to pray us all out. Let us bow our heads. Father, I thank you, Father God, for your word. Hallelujah. And also this. Well.